0: Good evening friends and for a few minutes I want to take us back 70 years to a Christmas of another time. It was a time when um, we were actually as a nation at war. That previous summer um, our Air Force had been engaged in a battle with the German Luftwaffe to the southern counties of our nation, and, um, This particular battle has become known in legendary terms as the Battle of Britain. At great cost and sacrifice, our fighting forces won a wonderful victory. But the threat of the enemy was still great. And so we come to the Christmas preceding 1940. It was a time particularly in our capital city of London where there was still the threat of bomb attack. And uh, on many occasions people would rush to the air raid shelters as the sirens began to uh, sound over the city so that people would be in a place of relative comfort and of safety. That all said, it was a particularly dangerous place perhaps for children. so many London families at this particular Christmas time were making arrangements for their children to be taken to a safer place. And uh, in cooperation with local authorities and organisations, London mums and dads waved off their children to a perhaps safer place of rural Oxfordshire, where they would be met by a welfare officer at a village hall and for a period of time would be set with foster families that would care for them and uh, would look after them. And so we come to that particular Christmas time. Let me take you for a moment to a village hall in Oxfordshire. Twenty children on that particular evening had arrived to be designated to their particular families. The welfare officer was working as tirelessly she, as she possibly could to bring about all the arrangements And everything seemed to be fine until they realized that when all the families had come and gone, there was one little boy that was left. He's actually come to join me tonight. Oh, you can do better than that. (sighs) In the corner of the village hall, this particular young man, his name is John, was left all alone. The children had gone to the safety and security of their families and were engaging in eating supper and getting ready for bed but not this little boy. The welfare officer was struggling to think of what to do next until she thought of Mrs. Morland, a lady that had helped them so often in the past and she said, I just wonder if Mrs. Moreland may be able to take John in and give him a bed and a room to stay. She says, come with me. And off they went to Mrs. Morland's house in the village, knocked on the door, and the welfare officer began to explain the predicament of this little boy, John, who'd been left all on his own with nowhere to go because there was no room anywhere else in the village to take him. The immediate response of Mrs. Morland was to say, I'm I'm sorry. There's just no way I can take this little boy in. But then she looked at the welfare officer and she looked at the little boy and he smiled just like that. And her heart melted in a moment and she thought, there's just absolutely no way that I can say no. And so she says, come on in, I'm sure we can find room for you. And she says to you, I'm sure that you're tired and cold and you're ready for something to eat. So why don't you take your coat off and we'll get you some soup and then you can have a bath and you'll be ready to go. To bed. So the little boy began to take his coat off, and as he did so, they noticed that there was a great big envelope that had been pinned to his shirt. And I'm just going to take it off for a moment if that's okay. Because Mrs. Morland was really inquisitive to find out what exactly had taken place. And clearly the parents of this little boy were wanting to send a gift to the person that had received their little lad into their home and he said this on the envelope a gift to the person that is kind enough to receive my son into their home thank you Isaac that was brilliant Amen. <laughs> <laughs> he said to me before the meeting because he was in on this last week is there any money in the envelope and there was a whole 20 pounds now, I've got something from afterwards. It was good, but he wasn't that good. All right, but a whole 20 pounds. You can imagine at times of great difficulty in our nation, that was a huge amount of money. And it meant that the Morland family, including little boy John and the rest of the ones that were staying there, enjoyed a sumptuous Christmas and were blessed by the gift of the parents that said thank you for receiving our little boy Into your home. Friends, it reminds us of another story, and it's the very reason that we're here tonight celebrating with beautiful music, with readings, and with congregational singing. It's Christmas time. And of course, people have all sorts of reasons as to why they celebrate Christmas, but still at the heart of the celebration of Christmas is that God, in His love, sent Jesus to the earth. And here we are, 2,000 years after that momentous event took place. And he's still looking for people that will receive him into their lives. The good news book written by John in the New Testament of the Bible says these words. He says, to all that receive him, he gave the right to become the children of God. All they need to do is trust him, Jesus, to save them. Christmas is a time of remembering of celebrating the birth of Christ. And it's a time of thinking about our lives and how they stand before God. You see, God so loved us that he sent Jesus into this world that was in similar problems to many of the things that we look on today. And the baby became a man who lived a perfect life and died on a cross and rose the third day and is alive forevermore to make an amazing difference in our lives. The message of Christmas is about love, it's about hope, it's about peace, it's about joy, it's about forgiveness. And millions of people all over the world today are finding that in the home of their life, called the hearts, they've come to a place of receiving the Saviour and knowing that it's made a difference. What about our response? Let me give you three words. First of all, we can reject the gift. We can just reject it. We can think about the gift of God in Jesus. And we can just push it aside and pretend that it never happens. The second thing that we can do is that we can neglect the gifts. So it's not an outright pushing away, but somehow we just overlook it. My late sister-in-law's husband was Polish. And we often used to visit their house on Christmas Day and present him with a gift. And we were fortunate uh, if by Easter we'd opened it. It was just a a quirky way that Ludwig approached gifts. He used to neglect them, push them aside. And maybe you come to church tonight and it's perhaps many years since you thought about the real message of Christmas. You believe in it, you have had it impact your life. But somehow, because of everything else that's taking place, it's come to a place of neglect. And God would like to change that. We can reject, we can neglect. But thirdly, friends, we can accept. We can accept Jesus as our Savior and Lord. We can receive the blessing that is far greater than 20 pounds. In fact, the Bible says that we can receive all the riches of God's undeserved favor because of his grace. 70 years ago on that Christmas proceeding, 1940, a little boy was received into a home. I'm wondering if this Christmas time we could find a home in our lives to receive God's. Let me conclude with a prayer. And it says these words. May God grant you the light of Christmas, which is faith. May he grant you the warmth of Christmas, which is love. May he grant you the radiance of Christmas, which is purity. May he grant you the righteousness of Christmas, which is justice. The belief of Christmas, which is trust. And the all of Christmas, which is Christ. May every one of us come to a place of receiving Jesus. And being able to say, as someone else did many years ago, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Phil